This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> In fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Welcome to another episode of the Hardwood Knox. This is Adam Frommel here with only Andy Bailey. Dan is not with us today, but he will be back for future episodes. Uh, we are going to be talking about the Sacramento Kings today and doing our best to try and figure out what in the world happened to them this offseason. It was a summer filled with equal parts dysfunction and credible roster building. They have an entirely new rotation now. Uh, Rondo is in town, Marco Bellinelli, Seth Curry, James Anderson, Omri Caspi, uh, Costa Kufa, Willie Cauley-Stein. I mean, the list just goes on. But we still don't know how these pieces are going to fit together. And it's a really combustible set of personalities in place here, especially coached by George Carl. So, Andy, are you buying or selling this offseason? Or both? <laughs> I'm glad you gave me the third option because I think... Grocery Outlet Bargain Market is your home for huge savings on name brand products. This week, have a fun and delicious start to your morning with Post Nutter Butter Cereal. 19-ounce boxes are just 99 cents. That's a wow savings of up to 80% versus traditional grocery stores. Also, Star Kissed Chunk Light Tuna, 5-ounce cans are buy two, get one free. That's a wow savings of up to 64%. Limit three free. Offers good through March 12th. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market. That's what I'm going to take. As you were naming all those players, and I've thought about this a couple times uh, this summer, I wouldn't have minded their offseason that much if not for the Rondo signing. I think a lot of the other players they added are, are pretty solid. I, I like the Marco Bellinelli pickup quite a bit. Um, I don't mind a flyer on Seth Curry. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he'll be a huge impact guy for him this season, but I don't mind that. I don't mind Costa Kufis. I kind of like the Willie Cauley-Stein draft pick. Um, but Rondo just has never made even a little bit of sense to me. And I think he is one of the few players in the NBA that can single-handedly crater whatever else you're trying to build. 
Uh, he that's what he did with the Mavericks last season. Very, I mean, it was plain as day, and he hasn't been very good for two or three years. I I don't understand rolling the dice on him, even if it is a one year deal. Yeah, I agree, and I think the other issue in play here is just perception. Because originally, this team sent off Nick Stauskas, along with Carl Landry, uh, to the Philadelphia 76ers and sent picks with that as well. It was an inexplicable trade at the time. Yeah, that but was the point, odd. But the point was to create cap space so that they could go after these big free agent targets. And then that doesn't work. And instead, you're left with Rondo and Bellinelli as the highlights. And that, that to me, even if, even if they did improve their roster... It wasn't what they originally planned to do, and they made that plan so blindingly obvious by making that trade with Philly that when they had to backtrack, it just looked bad. Yeah, that might have been that might have been the low light <laughs> of the offseason for them, and whatever they tried to do to explain it, just it didn't make any sense. They it was just a gift to the Sixers to sign this guy that I I, I will be shocked if if Rajon Rondo ends up having a positive impact on this team in any way. I, I anticipate <laughs> I anticipate a, a major adverse impact from him. Um, they can try to sell it all they want, you know, from body and the rest of the front office. And, and until I see it, I'm just not going to believe any of what I'm hearing. Yeah, it's, it's tough to really wrap your head around what Rondo has become because he's only 29 years old. He's going to turn 30 in February. And he isn't that far removed from those all-star caliber seasons. I mean, we, we had the ACL tear, and he hasn't been able to recover since then. But he also hasn't really been on a team that he fit with. You know, those Boston teams, the pieces around him were declining, and then they went away to different locations. And then in Dallas, he was never a good fit from the start. I know you remember that I was really down on that trade even before it happened. Um, and, yeah. and their offense collapsed once he was there, which was probably equal parts his negative impact and then a natural regression to the mean because they were playing at such a ridiculous historic pace. But if you put him in the situation with the right pieces around him, I think he can still be a productive player and be motivated on the defensive end, which hasn't been the case in a while. I'm just still not sure that those pieces are the ones that Sacramento has. I'm not sure either. And I... I think injuries do have something to do with it. I also think that his game is just archaic. Um, he hit his peak right around the time that that sort of old school traditional point guards were on their way out. So he was kind of the last breath of that era of point guard. The guy who dominates the ball, uh, runs pick and rolls, controls every aspect of the offense. Pretty much every assist is his. Um, now... Guards in general, point guards, shooting guards, wings, everybody has to be able to dribble a little bit. Everybody has to pass. Everybody has to shoot. And it keeps defenses more honest because the ball is moving to several legitimate offensive threats, guys that can score and create for others. Now, all he can do is create. He can't score. Um, and it's a product of his inability to shoot. And it just it makes him somebody that the defense doesn't really – have to worry about suddenly his playmaking skills aren't as valuable because teams can just anticipate that they can they can play off his drives and play for the pass and um, the way that he dominates the ball it just makes offenses very predictable yeah and beyond that he doesn't fit in with this lineup in terms of spacing which has become such a key concept in today's NBA and whether the front court is going to be DeMarcus Cousins and Costa Kufus or Willie Cauley-Stein and DeMarcus Cousins 
they're not going to have enough shooters on the court to pair with Rondo because you're looking at a guy in Cousins who excels from that high block and you want to get him the ball there with space as much as possible, but you're pairing him with another big man who's not going to stretch out a defense. Rudy Gay is best with his back to the basket operating out of the post. He admitted as much last season. He knows that he's not really a spacing wing. And then Ben McLemore has struggled, so if you're going to play Marco Bellinelli over him, that's fine. But you're looking at, at one guy who can stretch out the defense in that five-man lineup. And that's not really the key to success, especially for a player who, when he has the ball in his hands, which he needs to have in order to, to thrive, and that's obviously Rondo, defenses are going to back off him and just clog yeah. everything up even more. So I don't see how this is really a fit at all. Yeah, I think the only way that you can make a guard like that still work in today's game is if you do have three or, or even four shooters on the floor with him. Somebody like Rubio or Rondo... Um, we were just talking about somebody else that's, uh, who's the guy that has the, the Rondo comparisons we were just talking Alfred about? It might've been Rubio. Alfred Payton, that's yeah. who it was. Those kind of guys I think can be successful if they're in the right roster, just like you've said. Sure, sure. And I think, I think Sacramento does have some pieces that could be those kind of players. I just don't know if Carl's going to be willing to play all of them, Mike. My favorite lineup for them would probably be something that had Rudy Gay at the four to take advantage of some of that stuff you were just talking about, how he likes to play with his back to the basket. Then you have Cousins at the five. Maybe you have uh, Bellinelli and McLemore on the wings and then Collison at the point. Uh, you can put Rondo there just because there is more shooting, but no matter what lineup we throw out, and we haven't mentioned this yet, I'm going to put Collison in there over Rondo. Sure, if absolutely. Because he's if, just if a you, better player. If you think about it, the, uh, the actual on-court product is a nice representation of what's going on with the Sacramento front office, too. It's a bunch of pieces that maybe are individually talented but just don't mesh well together or at least haven't yet. I mean, you, we have way too many competing voices here. Vivek Ranadive, who isn't a basketball person, is trying to make basketball yeah. decisions. And to his credit, he has done a fantastic job kind of revitalizing the culture in Sacramento with all these technical revolutions. And it's when he starts trying to mess with the on-court product that things go awry. Vlade Divac, you know, more good ideas, doesn't really understand the CBA, is being promoted a little bit too quickly. And then you have George Carl, who has always run an entirely different kind of team and has typically been that kind of authoritative voice within the organization. And he's not allowed to be that and is immediately set up in a clash with DeMarcus Cousins, in a potential clash with Rajon Rondo. And he has all of these strong locker room personalities that aren't necessarily the best ideas for him to have on his squad. So in a way, this Kings roster is kind of perfect because it represents exactly what has happened to construct it. Yeah, it's all those ingredients you just mentioned and I'm just thinking this is like a powder keg waiting it to blow. I, I think there's maybe some scenarios where everything plays out fine and they're better than expected but I think there's a lot more scenarios where Rondo gets ticked off or Cousins get ticked off or both or, or Carl. There's so many there's so many things that could possibly clash that regardless of the talent that they added outside of Rondo this offseason, it's just hard to see everything meshing. You ready for the first 10 games on their schedule? Yeah, I am. Clippers, Lakers, Clippers, Grizzlies, Suns, Rockets, Warriors, Spurs, Pistons, and Nets. That is not an easy wow. schedule. Yeah, that's tough. I was going to say the only gimme really is the 
and maybe not even the Lakers, but I, that's maybe the, the one Nets. I'd be confident about. Maybe and the, the Nets, Nets as well. End. But yeah. the reason I bring that up is because this team needs to get off to a strong start. If oh, they're down sure. in the dumps from the beginning with all these new pieces in place, with Rondo trying to revitalize his career, with Cousins trying to prove that he can be an MVP caliber player and take a team to the playoffs, and he said that those are their expectations this season, for better or for worse. That is not the kind of schedule that you want to start off with, especially while working with the front office. We saw what happened last year with Mike Malone. You know, as soon as as soon as yeah. Cousins goes down with the illness, Malone's fired. Everything gets yeah. thrown into turmoil because there's no patience here. So what happens when they start off two and eight? What happens if they start out one and nine? That's scary. Um, I think it's just what a two and eight or a one and nine start just makes what we were saying all that much more likely that the, the some, one of the one or more of those personalities explodes and then it just spirals out of control from there. It's really hard for a professional team to to get into that sort of a trajectory and turn it around mid-season. A lot of times it takes a big shakeup in the off-season or a good training camp to really change course. Um, and who that they might even overreact again and fire George Carl. Like it's it's that crazy. All those ingredients makes that crazy of an of a possibility. Mm-hmm. What would you do to turn this around? I mean, are are you looking to make a big mid-season trade or early season splash? Or are you just going to play it out and see what happens? Well, <laughs> assuming I'm stuck with Rondo, right? I guess, yeah. I mean, like obviously, the world I, is I your oyster. I here. never would have made the Rondo deal in the first place. But if I was if I was given this roster right off the bat, I guess I would see how things play off in that or play out in that opening stretch of the season. Uh, I don't. I mean, the only big trade they can make is Demarcus Cousins, right? Yeah, but they shouldn't do that. I mean, that and, is he's and that's a legitimate centerpiece. Too. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they should trade him. So I think if things go wrong, you just have to write it out for the year and wait for Rondo's contract to come off the books. I mean, I don't really see any other moves to be made. I guess Rudy Gay might have some value to some GMs, but I don't really, I don't really hate his fit there either. Um, this is going to sound kind of like, ob- like obvious or simplistic, but it just always comes back to Rondo for me. Mm-hmm. It's the one piece that just throws everything out of whack in the my The other mind. concern here is that they don't really have the ability to build through the draft either. I mean, they owe their, their 2006 first-rounder Chicago unless it's 1 through 10. And even if they don't convey it, they're gonna have to sw- they, they have the ability to swap it with the Philadelphia 76ers, which might not actually change that much. Um, and then 2017, if they haven't conveyed it already, it's protected again. Philly can swap again, and they might actually be better then. And if it's not conveyed, are then those, it goes in 2018. So at some point, they're going to have to be handing over a key piece as well. Are those the picks they included in the Stauskas trade? Yeah. They gave... The, I, the right to swap. They'd I, already I traded one to Chicago. This, first round picks? Yeah. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> and some seconds. That's so crazy. I forgot first round picks were involved in that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... One of the weirdest moves I've seen in a long time. That the Sixers wouldn't have taken the same salary dump without first rounders. I, I guess no they must idea. have asked. I think Hinky wants picks no matter what, so we huh. can speculate about that one all day. Man, I would love to have had a wiretap on that phone call yeah. no, between th- Devach and Hinky. 
I do think you're right, though, that it, it all does boil down to Rondo, which is not not the sentence you want to hear heading into the start of the season. Sad. Yeah, I mean, it's sad in the sense that it, it's it's like really scary for this season. But I guess if you're a Kings fan, you can lean on the fact that it's just one season. And if it goes horribly wrong, you just try again next year. But the problem with that is how many times have they had to do that since DeMarcus Cousins has come into the league? Yeah. At some point, it's you like have to surround him with talent. Yeah. yeah. I will say, though, I'll, I'll play optimist here that they do have pieces in place where they could make more noise than we expect. Because if Rondo is motivated to play basketball like he did before that ACL injury and really becomes a committed defender, they have a lot of intriguing pieces on that end. You know, Rudy Gay and Ben McLemore can both be decent wing defenders. Cousins is an underrated defender in the paint. And Kufus is actually a a good rim-protecting big who can hold down the paint. So I can see this team exceeding expectations if he is the player who still resonates in households, even though his production hasn't necessarily matched it in recent years. I would agree with you there. And I actually, I think one of our other season previews, I mentioned the Kings as a team that might have the biggest range um, of like best case scenario to worst case scenario in the Western Conference. Because I think there is a lot of raw talent there. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're around... 500. I also wouldn't be surprised if they're around 20, 25 wins. Um, I would because, be surprised like, by 500. <laughs> that, that would you would be surprised me. by oh, 500? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I think, a substantial I think job. A, how, what did they finish with last year? They won 29 like, games last year. Okay, so it'd be like an 11, 12 game jump. Yeah, but. Which is big. In the West. But I think With a lot of new is, pieces and no continuity, that worries me. Yeah. Here's the only thing that I would say in defense of that seemingly crazy claim, or a couple things I would say. I think Cousins is probably the most talented center in the NBA if we're calling Anthony Davis a power forward. Um, And I think George Carl, as much as maybe his reputation has suffered (laughs) since going to the Kings, has a track record of being a really good coach. He took sort of a hodgepodge roster with the Nuggets, after the mellow trade and won 57 games, uh, I think he, he is a great offensive mind and he knows how to maximize talent, at least on the offensive end. And they have to talent offensive players. Um, at the same time, though, I, like I said, I would not be surprised if nothing meshes uh, and they're right back where they were last season. Yeah, I'm on board with all of that. Um, I think I said this on the Pelicans podcast Uh, for their season preview. But I think that if MVP actually means most valuable player and not best player on the best team, DeMarcus Cousins is a legitimate candidate. Using using that FAPS metric I have, the Kings last year were a 40.3 win team with him on the floor, 22.8 without him. That is a huge, huge, huge swing. And he's only getting better. I don't think that... we, we So much of the conversation with Cousins revolves around what's happening in his head, whether he's mature enough, whether he's staying disciplined enough on the court, whether he's getting into fights with his coaches, whether he's getting ejected. And it's a shame because he's such a remarkable and unique talent. I mean, this is a guy who I I don't know that you can find a big man with the same combination of physicality and finesse that he has since maybe like prime Shaquille O'Neal. And that's a really lofty comparison, but I'm willing to stand by that one. 
Yeah, I don't think it's a crazy thing to say. Um, I would even say that there are a couple things he can do that Shaq couldn't do. Like There's passing. been an interesting little development in his game in the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, that's exactly where I was going. All of a sudden, he, he's not only a good passer, he can create off the dribble. From that's the my other issue with bringing post. Rondo into the picture. It's just that you're taking the ball out of his hands. And we saw what he did at the very end of the last season, where he was averaging, like, what, a triple-double for, like, a three-game stretch. It was, like, something crazy, like 30, 15, yeah, yeah, and 10 or something. Mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, want to see him do that. Ex- I want to see him get the ball in the high block and attack. Same here, and I think that's another reason that Collison makes more sense because he is a much better option off the ball than Rajon Rondo is. So if there are those possessions where Cousins has the ball in his hands, you know he's got another option to kick to for three. And Collison, if you kick to Rondo for three, he, it's you know who knows what's going to happen. He shot better in Dallas than he did in Boston, but his career track record as a shooter is is pretty poor. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So you, you've been kind of dancing around it by saying that there's such a big wide range. You could see him finishing with 20. You could see him 500. We need a firm number here. I'm going to split the difference. The safe play. Um, yeah. Man, it seems crazy. I'm, I was going to say 30, but I, I feel like they'll improve by more than one win just because of Cousins and Carl. Um, I'm going to say 34. I was going to say 35, so it sounds like we're pretty much on the same page. I mean, again, if, if everything breaks right, maybe they can touch 500. I don't know that they're a playoff team, even if that does happen. But I, yeah, me the West is just too strong. I mean, if they're in the East, absolutely. But it seems like their ceiling to me is probably... I mean, I think we've established throughout these episodes that I feel like there's a pretty clear-cut 1 through 8. And I think their ceiling is supplanting the Suns and the Mavericks as the nine seed. Yeah, I actually feel the same way. And the more previews we've done, I, I, when we first started this series of previews, I thought that back end, like 7 through 10, was kind of open. But it does seem to be clearing up in my mind, too. Yep. So, with those predictions, Kings fans are probably a bit upset, which means that it's time to move into... Yes, folks, it is time for the Burning Bacon segment of the Hardwood Knox podcast. And this episode, the bacon that is burning is on the frying pan of Adam Frommel. I don't understand who the New Orleans Pelicans pissed off. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Andy thinks Andy thinks that by not giving Jim or Fredette oh. enough minutes that they, they curse themselves and now they're doomed to suffer one injury after another. He might be right at this point. Most recent news is Tyreek Evans underwent a uh, arthroscopic surgery on his right knee. He's going to miss four to six weeks, probably closer to the six weeks. Then he's going to have to work himself back into shape. Beyond that, Drew Holiday, probably on a limit of 15 minutes per game until January. He might not play back-to-backs even beyond that. What does this core have to do to actually realize its potential? I feel so bad for Anthony Davis and for everyone that put this team together. Because when they put together that team of Holiday, of Evans, Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson, and Anthony Davis, they had such high expectations and we still have no idea what this team can do together. They barely played over 100 minutes at the same time during the 2014-15 season. And now it seems like they might not even meet that total this year. 
unless every recovery goes perfectly and no one else gets hurt, which seems remarkably unlikely. I just, this could be such a fun team. Davis alone makes it a fun team, and they could be the league pass favorite. They could be a team that rises way higher than we expect in the Western Conference, and now they're going to have to fight for that last playoff spot again because of all these injuries that just keep piling up. Well, first off, I don't think that the Jimmer curse is the reason. I know it's the reason. I think that's totally so. valid. <laughs> and I'm with you. I they, uh, When they first put that team together, um, Ryan Anderson came in the same offseason too, right? Yep. I remember thinking Drew Holiday, Eric Gordon, Tyreek Evans, Ryan Anderson, and Anthony Davis would be one of the funnest five-man units to watch in the league. And they've barely seen you, – you just said those four guys had seen just about 100 minutes, right? It, it, that five-man lineup had like 140 last year. Yeah, gosh. It's tough. And um, Eric Gordon has been pretty injury-prone, so you know who knows if he'll last too. You Even Davis is. I mean, that's yeah. the one knock on him. Gosh. Sad. Sad times. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to lament – the cruel fate of the Pelicans with us on Twitter. You can do that uh, with me, at Andrew D. Bailey. Adam is at Frommel09, F-R-O-M-O-L, F-R-O-M-A-L-09. Got talking too Close fast enough. <laughs> Dan really is just Dan. tweet it whoever you want, you know. Exactly. Um, Dan is at Dan Favalli. I think I've been mispronouncing his name. <laughs> for most of this podcast. But his is F-A-V-A-L-E, and then all three of us are at Hardwood Knox. If you listen to the podcast on iTunes, make sure and give us a rating there. Um, I think that's how iTunes, I don't think, I know that's how iTunes places uh, podcasts on their service. And if you listen on Stitcher, favorite us. And thanks so much. And shout out to Bino Udry. Skydiving, this is amazing. Yeah, but you know what else is amazing? An iPhone 6S for just 49 bucks at Metro. Really? Imagine streaming all the way down with that amazing camera. I'm switching. That's smart. You know what else is smart? Parachutes. Woo! Switch to Metro and get an amazing iPhone 6S for only 49 bucks. Metro by T-Mobile. Phone offer requires port in of number not currently active on T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hi, I'm Rick, store director from the Mill Valley Safeway. Our pick four sales back with over 100 items to choose from. It's simple. Mix and match any four participating items. That's right, any four. They don't have to be the same, so mix and match away. Here's a few to choose from. Lean Cuisine and Stouffer's Simple Dishes or Signature Classics Entrees, 6 to 13 ounce selected varieties, only $1.77, and Kellogg's Cereal 10 to 12 ounce, $1.69 each when you buy four. Look for the red tags in store. This is Rick from the Mill Valley Safeway, and we'll see you soon.